0: The sixty second sixty second chapter of Isaiah and also from one verse in Matthew, Matthew five fourteen. For Zion's sake I will not hold my peace, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not rest until the righteousness thereof go forth as brightness and the salvation thereof as a lamp that burneth. And the Gentiles shall see thy righteousness, and all kings thy glory. And thou shalt be called by a new name, which the mouth of the Lord shall name. Thou shalt also be a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord, and a royal diadem in the hand of thy God. Thou shalt... No more be termed forsaken, neither shalt thy land any more be termed desolate. But thou shalt be called Hephzibah, and thy land Beulah. For the Lord delighteth in thee, and thy land shall be married. For as a young man marrieth a virgin, so shall thy sons marry thee. And as the bridegroom rejoiceth over the bride, so shall thy God rejoice over thee. I have set watchmen upon thy walls, O Jerusalem, which shall never hold their peace day nor night. Ye that make mention of the Lord, keep not silence, and give him no rest till he establish and till he make Jerusalem a praise in the earth. The Lord has sworn by his right hand and by the arm of his strength Surely I will no more give thy corn to be meat for thine enemies. And the sons of the stranger shall not drink thy wine for the which thou hast labored. But they that have gathered, it shall eat it and praise the Lord. And they that have brought it together shall drink it in the court of my holiness. Go through, go through the gates. Prepare ye the way of the people. Cast up, cast up the highway gather out the stones, lift up a standard for the people. Behold, the Lord hath proclaimed unto the end of the world. Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, thy salvation cometh. Behold, his reward is with him and his work before him. And they shall call him the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord. And thou shalt be called, sought out, a city not forsaken. Matthew 5:14 Ye are the light of the world a city that is set on a hill cannot be hid And now we'll give our attention to brother Ron Roth whose subject this evening is a city that is set on a hill cannot be hid brother Ron
1: students of the New England Bible School I, because there's a case that Daniel is just walking into the lion's den I want to join with my co-travelers the Garvey family to bring you all love and greetings from way to the eastern tip of Massachusetts Cape Cod the Katahmat Ecclesia I think we left a few back there that wouldn't have liked very much to be here. Uh, Because some of you have noticed, uh, I guess I better mention it, I I brought more of me with me this time than I intended. And next time uh, I'll try and leave a little more of me behind. There's always mixed emotions when one is uh, invited to, to do this task. The, uh, the mitigating factor is the ability to be able to personally look at you all face to face and, and uh, in a manner of speaking, say hello, and share some thoughts with you. Particularly, it gives me the opportunity to thank each one of you for participating in the Kentucky Bible School, because that makes it nice for us who come from a distance. And I, um, I think that the, the support that you all uh, show in supporting the institution that we feel so helps us revitalize our beliefs deserves appreciation and uh in behalf of of uh, myself, uh, it is truly felt. The subject that we chose this evening uh, is not quite the one that that I thought we would be dealing with, but we've been dealing with some very heavy things this week, and i i Thought that perhaps something in a lighter vein might uh, be in order. Not that there is really anything uh, contained in the scriptures that is light in the sense of a a facetious type lightness, but really because of the fact that we uh, enjoy certain phases, certain aspects of scripture more than others. and in varying degrees, depending on the individual. But I think one that is is somewhat universally enjoyed is the comprehension of some of the beautiful symbols that are given to us in Scripture concerning the day, uh, uh, the great day of the Lord, the uh, time when that deals uh, and the descriptions that occur concerning the return of Christ to the earth. And for that reason, uh, we have chosen the subject, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. And our objective here is to try, as always, to develop within our minds a real vision of what it is that we are associated with and what it is that we have to look forward to. And we have a lot of fun in Katahmat. I have to be careful how I use these words uh, you now we have a We have a brother there that we've had some very intellectual discussions with regarding his dreams, because you see it turns out that that he only dreams in in black and white, and we all dream in color, so you know we feel that he's missing something. <laughs> So really, uh, uh, the objective here tonight is to to uh, uh, bring together a vision that we can all see in color instead of just old black and white. The difficulty in uh, in developing an ability to perceive. Uh, uh, Lies with the imaginative capacity of each individual. Uh, I guess uh, without uh, by opening myself to some technical criticism from teachers or whatever, my own uh, uh, conclusion on the matter is the fact that a lot of a reason why a lot of children don't read well and are not interested in reading is because the, uh, the ability, uh, the imaginative capacity is uh, uh, is not well enough developed to, to take the words and put them in the mind and, and draw a picture there so that we can see and live and, and envision uh, what was intended by writing the words in the first place. And I think we're all on some sort of a scale in, in degree, uh, for the capacity to achieve that. Now, I'm sure some of us see more than than others of us would like them to see, perhaps. Uh, We can get into trouble that way. Uh, On the other end of the scale, uh, some people maybe don't perceive at all or have a very difficult time in in recognizing that the symbols and descriptions and, and concepts that are printed within the pages of the Holy Scriptures are designed to give us a uh, a picture of what God has in store for those that love him. So without any further ado, uh, uh, we'll begin to concern ourselves with the basic picture that, uh, that I perceive in many of the terms and the verses, the passages that we'll concern ourselves with from Scripture this evening. And I would like you to make a special effort, if you would, to envision these things as we read them. they're not just words uh, with a number in front of them and and a period at the end. Please try to perceive the the, uh, word picture that scripture is giving us concerning uh, the particular subject, whatever it might happen to be. Another, uh, uh, I guess it, it, it's a natural thing for me to gravitate to this subject of light, which is associated with a city, uh, or will eventually be associated, uh, as we shall see. Uh, my occupation is working with Polaroid Corporation, who deals with uh, uh, photographic processes. But I think really I was interested in light even before that association uh, came to be. Uh, In fact, I think really for any individual not to be interested in light and to be a believer is a very difficult thing because light, whether we're talking about physical energy light or whether we're talking about uh, uh, mental illumination light, uh, is all integrally uh, interwoven throughout the pages of Scripture. In fact, we're given some, some basic premises that tell us that God is light. And uh, uh, that is like saying, well, we're, we're talking synonymous terms here. If God is light, uh, uh, that gives us some idea of what his, his physical existence is and, and uh, uh, what element we're dealing with. And without getting into the scientific phase of this thing, which I have no intention of doing, uh, we know that uh, that uh, there is given off by the sun, for example, of a very powerful illumination, uh, and is recognized by all individuals on the earth to be uh, perhaps the nearest and highest source of energy that any of us know anything about. Uh, um, This may, uh, uh, well, in terms of of absolute energy, uh, it would not appear that even in man's wildest dreams or most wicked imaginations that he could devise Uh, a quantum of energy that would be equivalent to the total energy invested in just the sun all by itself. Uh, Hopefully, if if he does, uh, it isn't going to do him a lot of good anyway, that's for sure. And we know that in general appearance, the sun itself gives off white light and that if we Uh, uh, do some tricks with it. We can pass it through a prism and because each component of that white light refracts at a different angle, the colors that uh, go to make up the the composite uh, light source uh, become visible. And so we have all the way on on one side of the spectrum from red to the other side to blue. And uh, if my very nice young people uh, that i'm enjoying this week in my class will forbear uh, i'll just make this repetition uh, it's interesting to note that on one side of the spectrum we have the red which is emblematic of mortality and fleshliness and and sin and evil and way on the other side of the visible spectrum we have the blue which is representative of godliness heaven, heavenliness and immortality uh, they're not close together. They're separated by, uh, by other colors. Now, that could just be a coincidence, but I don't really think it is. Um, the other part of the story is that in the, uh, in the longer wavelength light, which is on the red end, that it's much less energetic than the opposite end of the electromagnetic spectrum, which contains very high energy rays, your gamma rays, your X rays. Uh, which approaches power of seeing through flesh and things like that, which uh, 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 we would be more prone, I believe, just from the point of view of logic, to associating with the power of God. So you see what I'm hinting at. (laughs) You know where we're coming from and maybe you don't know where we're going and maybe I don't know either. Uh, But the point here is that it's useful information to consider these things but interwoven in the pages of scripture is information, other information in a symbolical way that we can uh, cogitate on and and consider in in this manner. Uh, The words of Christ in Matthew, that ye are the light of the world, leads us into our spiritual application of this subject. Uh, A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Well, this makes a lot of sense. Um, Take, for example, uh, as uh, we did as we traveled to Bible school in the evening hours after sunset, we're running along the turnpike. You can easily pick out the cities, can't you? Because you see a glow over here and a glow over here and blackness everywhere else. So you, you have a pretty good idea immediately of where the uh, the point of interest uh, or higher population or whatever uh, exists. Now, if it were possible to take a city and elevate it some uh, a mile or so in the air, maybe not even that in flat country, it would be easily visible for miles and miles and miles. And uh, part of our our. Uh, Intent in drawing word pictures here this evening lies in, and I'm going to tell you the end of the story right now (laughs) uh, uh, because uh, uh, then we can, can keep this thought in our mind as we proceed through the passages that we have in mind. If we go to Zechariah, the 14th chapter, We see in his prophecy a commentary regarding the day when Christ shall return, and as verse 9 says, And the Lord shall be king over all the earth. In that day there shall be one Lord, and his name one. And I think that almost uh, 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 completely without exception we can concur that this is a reference to the last day all the land shall be turned as a plain from Jeba to Ramon south of Jerusalem and it shall be lifted up and inhabited in her place from Benjamin's gate unto the gate place of the first gate unto the corner gate and from the tower of Hananel unto the king's wine presses. Well we know in the writings of some of our brethren that have gone before that that they have made observations concerning that prophecy which Uh, lead us to believe, and I think rightly so, that recognizing uh, uh, the potential for earthquakes that that we're seeing at perhaps a, a, uh, at shorter intervals in our current lifetimes than than, uh, uh, were before in time, that the potential for a great earthquake is very much there and that the fulfillment of this prophecy would be uh, uh, to uh, elevate the the city of Zion, the mountain of Zion, uh, high into the air so that it might be seen for many, many miles around as a beacon, if you will, in the kingdom age. Now, this is the picture we have of Uh, of something uh, that will occur down the road from us at our present point in time. And uh, perhaps it's accurate, it seems uh, to my mind to be, from the amount of scripture that we can bring to bear on the subject. And we know that uh, as we proceed through these uh, verses that the development of light in the earth as God proceeds towards his the, uh, the fulfillment of his plan and purpose with the Earth, that uh, it's not illogical to assume that we would that we would uh, uh, travel towards more and more light, as opposed to less and less light, uh, in both in terms of intellectual uh, considerations as well as physical considerations. You don't have to agree with everything I say. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I don't expect you to, but we'll, we'll, we'll just travel through some of these verses and see if we can develop uh, a, a feel for the possibility of these things. I, I think very definitely uh, the, the mention of, of these things is, uh, is meaningful uh, and that we can develop some sort of uh, picture from it. Where where is this light and the development and amplification, if you will, of this light? uh, From whence is it it going to come? A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. I wonder if there's a a parallel. Uh, The reference is, ye are the light of the world, so the implication is that the city that follows and mentioned there is related to the first statement that ye are the light of the world. And uh, therefore, the implication also follows that as this city is lifted up so everybody can see it, if you're fulfilling that uh, uh, the, the statement that preceded that ye are the light of the world, you are going to be seen. And it, I don't know whether anyone has uh, thought of very much about it, but... Uh, there, there are some relationships here that we uh, we need to make. We we already made the one concerning God and light and the integral relationship there. Uh, we also can see here that there's a, a specific relationship between the city and light and. Uh, Uh, Therefore, there's a specific relationship between God and the city. All these things are interwoven and and, uh, equal terms, in a manner of speaking. What is a city? It's a community. And it's used as a symbolic representation of God's people, uh, both now and perhaps uh, uh, in later times. in in dealing with the comparison of the the two entities a city versus an ecclesia for example there are some parallels that I think we might dare to draw Uh, why uh, what happens in the development of a city well it becomes uh, its objective is to become renowned and to become recognized and, uh, and this almost parallels the commentaries that we've had on the desire of men to, to build the Tower of Babel to make a name for themselves. Uh, there's a certain amount of pride, isn't there, invested in the formation of a city. Nobody likes to, uh, and no community likes to be looked at as a bad place. It likes to be looked at as as a place of reference and a uh, and have all good things said about it. It likes to be esteemed and it likes to be well-known. On well, Ecclesia um, becomes Known this way, also does it not? Is known by its works. A city has morally reputable leaders if it's going to be a successful city. Uh, uh, and I guess that is probably the weakest part of my whole argument because uh, I really can't say how many cities have more morally reputable leaders. But um, for the uh, the possibility of success. Uh, I'm sure we agree that it it, uh, probably is greater if the leaders are morally reputable. In the guidance of an ecclesia, you have leaders. You have your star angel of the ecclesia, which uh, the current day equivalent is perhaps your arranging brethren that are also supposed to be uh, guided by the spirit word. A city has to be well organized and maintained, and uh, uh, it takes some specific effort by both the inhabitants of the city and the leaders of the city in order to make this a, uh, a reality. And in looking at the uh, the works of an ecclesia, uh, the the manifestations of Good provided by the ecclesia requires spiritual effort by both the the leaders of the ecclesia and a very definite uh, uh, interaction of the members of the ecclesia. And in doing this, we can beautify or amplify the, uh, the the productivity or the goodness of the. Of the community, uh, whether it be the city community or whether it be the ecclesial community. In a city, you you would like to see it clean and spotless, and you'd like to see parks and gardens. And the the cleaner it is, and the more parks and gardens that you have, for example, uh, uh, the the perhaps the more beauteous the city becomes. Well, what is the equivalent of this in in uh, uh, in the ecclesia—it is the development of beautiful spiritual attitudes and uh, 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 a beautiful, uh, uh, productive uh, ecclesia that uh, can thrive and grow as a as a result of the spiritual effort that they have put forth to uh, to make it so. Not that we should be looking for glory or anything like that, but in terms of relating the development of our individual ecclesias to whether or not it's pleasing to God, this is the relationship that I'm attempting to develop. In a city, however, their whole dedication is to reflect the glory of man. In the ecclesia, we are trying to reflect the glory of God. Ye are the light of the world. Oh, we're back to that again. So then we become light stands, don't we, for uh, uh, for the Word of God and for the very existence of God. And so the brighter we shine, the the better we are doing our duty. Let's now begin to look at some of the passages that... Uh, the, Develop our, our uh, direction and our thought concerning uh, light as used in the Scripture. The first one I have is in Judges, the fifth chapter, the 31st verse. So let all thine enemies perish, O Lord, But let them that love him be as the sun when he goeth forth in his might, and the land had rest forty years. In Acts, the thirteenth chapter. Beginning with the forty-sixth verse. When Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said it was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you, but seeing ye put it from you, and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, lo, we turn to the Gentile. For so hath the Lord commanded us, saying, "I have set thee to be a light of the Gentile, that thou shouldest be for salvation unto the ends of the earth." And so we see equated there the, uh, the light. Uh, in terms of spiritual illumination with the word of God in the previous verse. In Philippians, the second chapter... 15th verse, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world. First Thessalonians, the 5th chapter, the 15th verse. We are all children of the light and the children of the day. We are not of the night, not of darkness. Now, what we're developing here is what relationship do we have as members of our ecclesia, as uh, those who exist in a day uh, anteceding the, the theophany of the presence of God's Son in the earth to that city that is set on a hill. If we are vessels of light in a symbolic sense because we are yielding light to the world in terms of spiritual illumination, uh, we are acting in a symbolic way. Perhaps someday that uh, will become more physical than purely uh, uh, symbolical. And uh, we have to look at the scriptures to see how that might be. Uh, we know that that the, uh, the glory of God shone in the tabernacle. We know that when God took Moses up on the mountain and, God, and Moses wanted to speak to him face to face, that he hid Moses in the cliff of a rock so that he could protect him because man cannot look upon God and live because the energy that God has to share with us, which he has said he will do, when we receive immortality, is so great that mortal flesh cannot abide in its presence. It is not unlikely that during the kingdom age that there will be uh, something like, uh, and I think uh, this is interesting because it kind of depicted, isn't it, in, I don't know whether uh, Brother Bogman's picture of Ezekiel's temple, Uh, you're familiar with, but I think he has the the cloud residing over the the top of the temple and the brightness there. Um, A theophany, a manifestation of God's glory, exists where God dwells and it's it's, uh, very logical scripturally, I think, that we'll have that physical light associated with his presence in the earth and this will certainly, I'm sure, impress the mortal flesh that remains currently we uh, uh, we know that there there are several cities that are mentioned in scripture to be of interest from a theological point of view uh, uh, too well known to us as Rome which is built on said to be built on seven hills and god's uh, uh the city of uh, Jerusalem and the hill of Zion, which is one of the four hills that uh, that the city of Jerusalem exists upon. One is a symbol of darkness, the other a symbol of light. And uh, we'll now begin to pursue uh, uh, some of the references that I spoke to you about concerning uh, 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 trying to envision. The, the significance and the, uh, the word pictures that are being drawn by these passages. In the second psalm, beginning with verse 6, Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree the Lord said unto me, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance, for the uttermost parts of the earth, for thy possession. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron, thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Be wise now, therefore, O ye kings, be instructed, ye judges of the earth serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling kiss the Son lest he be angry and ye perish from the way when his wrath is kindled but a little blessed are all they that put their trust in him the 48th Psalm verses 1 to 3 Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God in the mountain of his holiness. Beautiful for situation, the joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion. On the sides of the north, the city of the great king. God known in, is known in her palaces for a refuge. For lo, the kings were assembled. I'm sorry, I read too far. Isaiah, the 10th chapter. the twelfth verse wherefore it shall come to pass that when the Lord hath performed his whole work upon Mount Zion and on Jerusalem I will punish the fruit of the stout heart of the king of Assyria and the glory of his high looks Revelation the 21st chapter verse 9 And there came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues, and talked with me, saying, Come hither, I will show thee the bride, the Lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain, and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, and her light was like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. And skip down, if you will, to the 22nd verse. And I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor unto it. And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no night there. And they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations unto it, Into it, and there shall be, and there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And the remainder of the references I have, I choose to read from the Jerusalem version. The sixty eighth psalm. our vision of the last days. Beginning with verse 11. The Lord gives his couriers the news. Shaddai has scattered a huge army. Kings are in flight, armies in flight. The women at home take their pick of the loot. Meanwhile, you others were lolling in the sheepfolds. There were dove wings covered with gold, green gold. Jewels were there like snow on dark mountain. That peak of Bashan, a mountain of God, rather a mountain of pride, that peak of Bashan. Peaks of pride have you the right to look down on, a mountain where God has chosen to live, where Yahweh is going to live forever? With thousands of myriads of divine chariots, the Lord has left Sinai for his sanctuary. God, you have ascended to the height and captured prisoners. You have taken men as tribute. Yes, taken rebels to your dwelling, Yahweh. Skip to the 28th verse, please. Take command, God, as befits your power. That power, God, you have wielded on our behalf from your temple high above Jerusalem. Kings will come to you bringing presents. Rebuke the beast of the reeds, that herd of bulls, those calves, that people. Until humbled, they bring gold and silver. Scatter those warmongering pagans. Ambassadors will come from Egypt. Ethiopia will stretch out her hands to God. Sing to God, you kingdoms of the earth. Play for the rider of the heavens, the ancient heavens. Listen to him shouting, to his thundering, and acknowledge the power of God. Over Israel, his splendor, in the clouds his power. God in his sanctuary is greatly to be feared. He, the God of Israel, gives power and strength to his people. Blessed be God. The 78th chapter of Psalms. beginning with the 59th verse. God was enraged when he heard them. He rejected Israel out of hand. He left his home in Shiloh, that tent where he once lived with men. And and, uh, Skip, please, to the 67th verse. Rejecting the tent of Joseph, not choosing the tribe of Ephraim. Instead, he chose the tribe of Judah and his well-beloved mountain of Zion where he built his sanctuary, a copy of high heaven, founding it firm as the earth forever. And so we see that we have in scripture many passages which amplify the concept of the uh, development of this city set on a hill comprised of uh, saints and righteous ones down through the ages, which will uh, in one form or another reflect their glory to and throughout all the earth. And we pray that the the effort of this school and the uh, affiliation that each of us here have with it uh, might help to enhance the possibility, perhaps, of each one of us having, through God's mercy, a part and place in it.